Well, good morning. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy fifth anniversary and everything in between. It is so good to see you all. Thank you so much for coming this morning and just worshiping with us. Uh, It is truly a pleasure. Today is a special day. Every day is a special day. You do know that, right? It's a day that the Lord has made. And it's a day for us to rejoice and be glad. But today it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit extra special for us here at Church at the Bridge because as Pastor Annette said, and as many of you are aware, we are celebrating five years since God called us to start Church at the Bridge. Come on, that's worth, that's worth some praise unto God. And so today we are... And not, not just today, but for the rest of the month in January, uh, we will be celebrating um, five years and really the next chapter. We've learned a lot along the way uh, since starting uh, on this journey. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be sharing with you all uh, some things uh, from God's word about stepping out into your next chapter and some experiences that we've had along the way. So believe it or not, how many of you know you have a next chapter? How many of you know that? How many of you know that? I hope you're looking forward to a next chapter in your life. I hope you know that you're not done yet. I, I truly hope that you know that. That you are convinced about that because God has some amazing things for you. And so believe it or not, you're not done growing. You're not done learning. You're not done increasing. You're not done producing good things through your life. And here at Church at the Bridge, we're not done growing either. We're not done learning. We're not done increasing and producing greater fruit. But to turn over a new leaf and start upon the next chapter, not just of our journey here at Church at the Bridge, but even in your own life, it's, it's going to take something. We've got to begin to look to the one that wrote the book to begin with. Amen. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And notice what it starts off saying in verse 1. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay every uh, weight aside and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice that there's somewhere for you and I to go ahead of us. Take a note of that. And so watch what it goes on to say in verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know what joy that was? It's you. It's me. It's us. It's humanity as a whole. And so for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to encourage you in this new year and beyond to begin to look to God. I'm going to tell you why. Because only he can show you your next chapter. And that's been our story as a a ministry. We literally took a step out, not knowing exactly what it was going to look like, not knowing exactly how this was going to work. All we knew was God said, it's time. And when we did, man, what a journey. Just look around the room. It'll tell you something about that. And so listen, I encourage you to start off by looking to God because he has new things for you. And when you do, here's what the word guarantees. It guarantees that you'll get past the things that trip you up. And so let's look to the scriptures 
today because today I want to talk to you about the power of a connection. The power of a connection, the power of what God does in connection through people, through circumstances. And so Isaiah 43 verses 16 and 19 says that this is what the Lord says. He who made a way uh, all through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Watch what God says. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now watch what God says. Now it springs up. Go ahead and tell somebody now. Go ahead and tell somebody else. The time is now. Your time is now. It's now. And so watch what God says. He says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know what he's saying there? He's simply saying, can't you see what I'm doing? And I'll tell you what's one thing that can stop us all from seeing the new and stepping into next chapters. Next chapters in our marriages, next chapters in our careers, next chapters in, in terms of our, our, our next steps, uh, in terms of our growth, next chapters with God, next chapters in ministry, next chapters in your community, next chapters in influence. One thing that stops us is when we look back. We look back. We look back. I dare say this. And I say this with a level of confidence because the word of God reveals it. You know, God doesn't say something in his word if it isn't needed. And I just want to say to whoever this may touch your heart, it's time to make your next move. It's time to step into your next chapter. Don't hold on to what's behind you. Don't hold on to where you've been. It is time to step into that next chapter. And so, look, you see, there's nothing really wrong with... Memories, looking back. I mean, I can remember, uh, I can remember a time, and look, I'm going to bust your bubble because I am not that, that pastor who's all cookie cutter, you know, got it all together. But I can remember a time uh, when, uh, as a matter of fact, you ever been in this situation? I know I have. Where you hear a song and it takes you way back. Now, for some of you, way back is like, Way, 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 way back. Right? And that's all right. And for me, way back may not be your way back. Right? So pardon me if my way back doesn't match with yours. But I can remember a time. Remember that song, Set It Off? Remember that song? Some of you are like going, look, look, look. Some of you are just getting out of character now. Calm down. Right? Set it off on the left. Yeah. All right. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Every time I hear that song, you know what it takes me back to? It takes me back to the Sound Factory. It takes me back to Red Zone in, in, in Manhattan. It takes me back to Latin Quarters. It takes me back to these places you know, the Copa and where they had like three different rooms and all the, and Webster Hall and all this other. And, I, and it's just like I find myself flashbacking there and I can see the lights and I can see the people and I can see who I'm with and I can see what's happening around and I can see how I feel. And it's just you, you kind of get all into that. And like I said, look, there's nothing wrong with memories. 
But hear me closely, as long as we don't relive them and live in the experience of them. And so, I want to make a point to you here as we're getting started today. And we start talking about next chapters and connection and the power of connection with what God is doing in our lives, in this ministry and beyond. See, we can remember the previous chapters of life, but we can't relive them. We can't relive them. Give us all a piece of advice, myself included here. To step into your next chapter, stop trying to relive the old one. It does not fit into where God is taking you. It doesn't fit to where God is taking us. It just does not fit. It reminds me of the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 2, verse 22. Jesus says this. He says, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. He says, otherwise, the wine will burst the skins. And both wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Listen, what God wants to do in our lives requires us to expand our capacity. It requires us to get some new wineskins, so to speak. I didn't say wine. That's not what I said. I didn't say go get a bottle of wine. That's your business, but that's not what I'm talking about. I said new wineskins. It's talking about expansion. It's talking about new beginnings. And if you're going to do that, there's no better place than to begin to look to God's word and seeing examples that God gives us to start upon our next chapter. Anybody ready for the next chapter? I know I am. So there's three things that we, we see amongst many in the Bible, in God's word about new beginnings. We see it all throughout the scriptures. Number one, we see that you can't do it without God. You just can't do it without God. You can't. Listen, if you've been trying to live life on your own terms, trying to make it work for yourself, and it hasn't, newsflash. It's because you're trying to do it without God. We can't do it without God. Number two, here's what we see. That you can't do it without people on the journey towards their next chapter. You got to be surrounded by people that are moving to a next chapter. You can't put old wine into new wineskins and expect that to produce something to allow you to grow. And then third thing we see is that you can't do it without giving what you're getting along the way. You can't do it without giving what you're getting along the way. And so as I said, today we're talking about the power of a connection. And here at Church at the Bridge, we believe that change is possible for everyone. For everyone. We believe that you can step into the next chapter of your life with God as you make a personal connection with God. An intimate, real connection with God, with people on the journey of faith, and in connection with people around you along the way. And you'll find that the next chapters become clear and possible when these three areas are at work in your life and mine. Pastor Nett started kind of touching on this a little bit about our story. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but I kind of want to just take a quick trip down memory lane. But not for the purpose of reliving where we were. Because if we try to relive where we were as Church of the Bridge, we wouldn't be where we are today. And we certainly won't be going where God has called us to. Right? So, it started with a connection and a call to love God and follow God. Now, that sounds real cool. That wasn't supposed to come up yet, guys. But thanks anyway for spoiling that. Thanks, guys. Right? But anyway, let me tell you what that looked like when it started for us. You might as well put it up. You already did. Right? You're going, a toilet? Toilet? What does that mean? What, what, what are you talking about a toilet? Let me tell you why it started with the toilet. Let me tell you why it started with the toilet. 
When we got serious, when I got serious, my wife was serious. But when, when I got serious about seeking God and really opening my heart to what God wanted to do in my life. You know, it wasn't on a stage. It wasn't in some leadership capacity. It wasn't in places where I was seen or acknowledged. Man, you know where it started for me? I saw a floor full of papers and I saw dirty toilets and I asked the question, how come nobody's doing anything about this? And the response that I got, and it wasn't, it wasn't facetious at all. It wasn't sarcastic. It was simply this. If you're the only one that sees it, have you ever thought that maybe you're the one that's supposed to do something about that? And I, and I took those words to heart and I said, you know what, Lord? If nobody ever does it, I will. And, and it started with toilets and my wife was helping out. You know, we were in a small church. She was helping with finances and all that. It's interesting that today she's still doing finances at a bigger capacity. And I thank God for her. She's, she's a blessing. Um, but listen, it all started because we loved God. Listen, your story starts because you love God. But let me tell you something about next chapters. They don't always look as glamorous as we'd like them to. They don't. They don't always fit the mold of what we expected it all to be. But that's why the scriptures say, hey, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because God rejoices in it. We got to get a a vision for what God is doing. And so it started off with toilets. Toilets, paper, and finances. And then uh, we moved up here upstate. and, And when we moved up here, we ended up plugging into a a home church out in Middletown, and it was a great blessing. We were there over seven and a half years, and God opened a door, and we started in ministry. We could put those, that picture up, and we started off with teens, and, and they were crazy, man. I love teenagers. They are teenagers. For those of you that are here, you are awesome. Give it up for our teens, man. They are amazing. They really are. What a blessing all of you are. But listen, I loved being around these kids. Can, can you tell the difference? You see that there was hair back in those days? My hair didn't start going until I started working with adults. <laughs> Let me stop. I love you guys. But listen, it, it, it just it began with teens. It, it, it transitioned to teenagers, and we did that for many years. And then eventually God called us out. And you know, it's interesting that when we, and I, I alluded to this last week, that I thought we had reached the pinnacle. I thought this was it. This is where God is leading us. This is where we're going to be for the rest of our lives. And I found out differently. And I'm so glad that eventually I got to the place where where I listened to the call. It wasn't that I didn't hear it. It's just that I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. And so it carried us into new opportunities to serve God and serve people. And eventually it brought us to starting in our home. We started in our home in our living room. And uh, we started off our first service January 5th of uh, 2014, and that started there. And then we started groups. That's at Debbie's house um, that we had up there, that picture. But listen, it, it, it started off with us just loving God, loving people, and having a heart to share this gospel, this good news to community at large. And the thing is that we knew that we were supposed to land in this city. We knew that, 
But I fought that for many years, for, 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 for many months. I resisted that. And it wasn't until we made the step and we said, okay, we're going there, that a door opened up for us at the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. And that's where we first started. Um, our first service was in February. We only lasted about three months in our home, uh, three weeks in our home. Then we ended up there. And I remember when I announced it in our house uh, that we were, we were moving, uh, that we were going to the hotel. I remember uh, Miss Sandra, Sandra who serves in our cafe department. She was like, already? And it was like, we got to move, baby. 30 people in this house don't fit. And so as you can see, it just started a steady progression when we began to grow. That was our first baptism, uh, our first uh, baby dedication for uh, a family that helped us start, which was the Romeos. And so you could just keep those rolling from when we first started. And then we lasted there about five months. And eventually, we ended up coming to 90 Broadway, where you are today. And that's actually the very first picture I took. That's me holding the key to the building. I was so ecstatic. Uh, quick story for those of you that don't know. When we came into this building, the building was being sold for 700000 cash. And when I told the owner that we wanted to buy, the, that we wanted the building, he said, how much money you got? And I said, I got nothing for you, brother. <laughs> and he said, I've had that experience with people of faith. And I said, well, let me tell you, you'll have a different experience with us. And God opened the door, and that man turned down $700,000 cash offer and leased us this building for peanuts. And it opened the door for us, and we started just renovating. Listen, this building was a wreck. And we began to build and to, and, and, and to clean up. We took out four tons of garbage out of this building. Four tons. But, you know, one thing that you might not know, some of you might not know, is that when we started, this didn't make sense. It did not make sense, ladies and gentlemen. I know that for some of us, we, we, we've been taught in church that, you know, faith, the substance of things hope for, and we get so excited. And then when you find yourself not knowing what the next step is, you go, I don't like this. This is not comfortable. I don't want to do this. That's where I was. That's where I was. And I was sharing with our volunteers this morning just a thought. And I was saying to the Lord, January 1st, 2014, I was sitting at my kitchen counter with a cup of coffee. It was quiet. The dog is asleep. Everybody's asleep. And my wife comes down. And as she comes down, I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I know what you said. But how's this going to work? We have no income. Lord, how's this going to work? We've got a mortgage. We've got kids in college. We've got uh, insurance. We've got all these responsibilities. And I know you didn't call us for us to fail. So how is this going to work? And the Lord gave me one scripture. Genesis 15. Where he says to Abraham, Abraham, do not be afraid. He says, I am your exceedingly great reward. And as I was sharing with our volunteers, I'll share this with you all. Because it means something for the entire body. You know what God's reward is? You know what it was, is, and always will be? You. Listen, when God calls you to a next chapter, he will bring people that will help to carry you and propel you towards where he's leading. And it always continues. Listen, it starts with the love for God. And before you know it, you begin to love people. What a concept. You begin to love people on this journey of faith. And before you know it, you begin to love other people. 
that don't go to your home church, that don't look like they have it all together, that probably have issues just like you and I, right? And a new chapter begins to unfold. A new chapter began to unfold for us. That's why our vision here is simple. It's helping people to simply connect with God. Connect with people along this journey of faith. And to connect with our surrounding community, with other people. But listen, don't take my word for it. I want us to see something from the scriptures about the power of a connection. And we're going to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. It's a familiar portion of scripture for some. But I pray that you see it today with a brand new set of eyes. It's about this guy named Peter who was once known as Simon. And this guy was a fisherman. Fishing was his thing, just like construction might be yours, just like medicine might be yours, just like being a mom or a dad or a husband or involved in your community or involved in politics or whatever it is. That was, Peter was in his lane. He was about fish, fish and family. Sounds like a good business. And so watch what happens in Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 1. It says that one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So Jesus is sharing some truths. Something so different that people began to amass in crowds all around him. And the Bible says in verse 2 that he saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, why were they washing their nets? Because it was the end of the day. They were done with their fishing. They were cleaning their tools, so to speak. And so he says in verse 3 that he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Listen closely to what happens here. The story gets real interesting real quick. Says that Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. How many of you are ready to burst with some blessing in this new year? How many of you are expecting something greater from God? Listen, don't take my word for it. Listen to God. Listen to how he works. Because Peter is on the verge of a new beginning. But Peter was in the midst of a struggle. This doesn't make sense. We were already out there. We tried this already. We've been there. I've already done that in church. I've already learned that. I've already heard that. I've already served there. I've already tried that. And Jesus takes Peter back and he takes us back sometimes to the very place where we think there's nothing to reap. And he says, drop your nets and get ready for a big catch. And so Peter drops down the nets and they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And verse 7 says, so they signed, they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. 
And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You know what he's saying? I'm not deserving of this next chapter. I've messed up one too many times. Remember what I told you from the words of Jesus? You can't put old wine into new wineskins. It'll cause it to burst. Here Peter is saying, but you don't understand where I've been. But you don't get what I've done. You don't understand what I'm thinking right now. What I'm doing. How bad, how much of a hypocrite I'm being in my own eyes. And the Bible says that Jesus turns to him. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. It says, so verse 9, For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Verse 10, And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. In other words, why are you worrying about that stuff? Why are you dwelling upon that? He says, don't be afraid. From now on, go ahead and tell somebody, now's your time. Tell somebody else, now's my time. He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. I want to give you just three simple points here today. The first one that I want to give you is that you need God to start your next chapter and step into it. Listen, Peter was all about the toil and the worry and everything that came associated with having a fishing business. It was his life. It was what he knew. And yet, in the midst of that, a greater fisherman shows up, the master. And he says to him, Peter, Peter, Peter. Hey, insert your name there for a moment. Make this personal. He says, don't be afraid to move on. Don't be afraid to take this next step. Don't be afraid to turn over a new leaf and experience your next and greatest chapter. It reminds me of a woman who one time, and I won't get too much into the story, but this woman was doing the same thing and trying to do it while trying to get different results. Yeah, I know what you guys said to yourself. She's insane. Right? Yeah, you've heard that, right? It's the definition of insanity. But this woman went from one husband to another husband to another husband to another husband to another man to another man. And every day she went to a well and she would go draw water. That was hard work, tedious work. And one day she finds herself there before Jesus and Jesus rocks her world. He turns her life completely upside down. He unveils unto her a next chapter, a new beginning. Listen to the words of Jesus. Because she says to him, hey, I've got water. I'm already drawing from this well. And Jesus says, baby, sweetheart, you just don't know where I'm coming from. And so he says to her in John 4 verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Can we make that personal for a moment? Everyone that does the same thing and excludes God 
will once again find themselves thirsting for more. So he says, they'll be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Listen, only God can turn the life you're living into a life of meaning. Only God can do that. Only God can cause where you are to spring up in a different way and take you places you've never been. Like Dr. Seuss says in the book, oh, the places you'll go. All the places you'll go. All the things that God has for you. See, for Peter, life was all about toil and sweat and the hardships associated with life as a fisherman. But when he met Jesus, he discovered that life with God was a whole different story. And you know what he also realized? It's a lot simpler. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There's some of us that what we try and do is we try to work it for God. Let me just help you a little bit, God. God, I'm trusting you. God, your word says this, but I got to do this and I got to make this happen. And if I don't take these steps, this isn't going to happen. And so we work, work, work to the bone, 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 bone. Okay, don't mind. Anyway, that was free. Uh, that, was, that was a uh, uh, Latin quarters uh, moment there. Anyway, let's bring it back. Remember, for some of you, you didn't get that because my, 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 uh, my, uh, my old school is not yours, right? So anyway, and so we work and we work and we work. And what Peter discovered was, man, I've been toiling and sweating to make this happen on my own. Not realizing that the one who completed all works for all mankind is right here with me. And he's just saying, just go where I'm leading you. Just drop your nets where I'm sending you. Just do what I'm calling you to do. Just trust my word and my promises. And so when he met Jesus, Jesus upped the ante on life. Listen, Peter was cool with fish. And Jesus said, no, you're going to fish for men. I'm going to up the ante on your life. I'm going to multiply your calling, your gifts, where I'm leading and calling you. You know, something that Peter discovered while he was in the midst of this, talking about the power of a connection, because as we said, you need a connection with God. You need God. We need God to, to step into that next chapter of our lives. You know, we also need, you need friends to join you along the way. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. The moment Peter put his trust in Jesus and started to go out into deeper water with Jesus, you know what he figured out? That he wasn't called to reap the blessing alone. He wasn't called to do it alone. You know what he found out? I need friends. I need people. So the scriptures say that Peter's trying to pull in this massive catch of fish. And his nets are breaking. And all of a sudden he gets smart and he looks over the shore and he goes, Hey fellas! Hey John, James! Hey guys, come on out here, give me a hand. You won't believe what God is doing. See, you need friends. You need friends. You're not called to enjoy it alone. You're not called to live this life of faith alone. You're not called to exist on your own. You're not called to detach from the body. By the way, newsflash, I'm setting you guys up because for the next three weeks after this, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about, one at a time. So I'm just giving you a little taste of where we're going. 
But watch this. Peter figured out, I need people. I need people on the same journey. I need people to come alongside me. I need partners. And what made life so meaningful at that moment for Peter and transformed his life wasn't just that Jesus showed up, but it was that other people that Jesus was interested in showed up. By the way, that doesn't mean they were church people. Jesus is, Jesus is interested in everyone. Everyone. And so it reminds me of a guy named Paul who was a lot like this guy, Peter. who underst- He understood this life principle of needing friends, needing people for the journey. This guy, Paul, if you study the New Testament scriptures, what you'll see is that this guy, Paul, he, he went on to reach two-thirds of the known world in that day. He went, to, he, he went on to do some great miracles. and I mean, it was just amazing what God did through this guy. But the secret sauce to the recipe that was at work in his life was something called partnership. It was friends. 2 Corinthians 8.23, this is Paul speaking, says this. As for Titus, he's my partner and fellow worker. Watch this. For your benefit. And as for our brothers, they're messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. You know, when we started here, I told you that I found myself in this place where I was saying, Lord, how are we going to do this? And I started sharing with you a thought about God saying to me, I have a great, I'm your great reward. And you know, it's interesting that following Sunday, January 5th, I had no clue how we were going to start because it was just me, my wife and my two kids. We did no advertising. We reached out to no one. We didn't even have a website. We didn't have a Facebook page. Right? We didn't, have, we didn't have any of that. I don't even think Instagram was around then. And if it was, yes, it was, but we weren't using it. <laughs> and so we started from scratch. And January 5th, 2014, 12 of us ended up gathering in my home. I'm gonna, I'd like to call them up. Sandra, the Espinal family, come on up. The Lopez family, come on up. The Pacheco family, the Martinez family, come on up. The Romeo family, come on up. I want to just tell you something real quick here. Let me uh, make a slight adjustment. I want to tell you something here real quick. That when we started, it blew my mind that people actually showed up at the start of a church. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just going to be us and somehow to work. But you see, here's what I realized along the way. That God provided people that gave of their time, gave of their talent, gave of their finances, gave their lives. And you know what happened along the way? It encouraged us. It helped us. They believed with us. Listen, I cast a big vision. And I remember, and I'm not going to shout her out, Monique. But <laughs> we were in the midst of a, we were in the midst of, I, we love you, girl. It's all love. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to look at you different here. We were in the midst of one of our very first connect groups. 
And I was talking about where God was leading us and God was calling us. And, and for those of you that were there, uh, Annette, I believe you were there. Monique, I believe you were there. Uh, Jessica came shortly thereafter. And uh, many of you, the Barnetts came and different families, uh, the Malones came. Um, I, I mean, there's so many that I can name. But people just started, it was like popcorn, and it just started popping up. But I remember we were sitting there, and I'm casting this vision, and I'm talking about what we see today and where we're going. And I remember Monique saying, but that means we're going to grow. <laughs> she says, she says, I don't want to lose this. And I said, Monique, no matter where God takes us, we'll always be big enough to embrace people and small enough to love them right where they are. And that's where we are today, and that's where we continue to go forward. And as we have these families here, I want to just read something to you all from the scriptures. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, Paul, speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer. In every prayer of mine, for you are all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you how bridges work? I'll tell you how bridges work. Many people think that we're called church at the bridge because the Beacon Bridge, Newburgh Beacon Bridge is where everybody assumes that we're like, has nothing to do with it. We were church at the bridge before we even came to the city of Newburgh. But when we started, I remember what my pastor, Pastor Joe McKelvey, said to me. He said to me, son, what do you see now that you're taking this step? And I said, pastor, the only thing I can tell you is I see a bridge. I see a bridge. I see a bridge that will help people to make a personal and real connection with God. A personal and real connection with people to cross that path with them. And a personal and real connection with the surrounding community where we are impacting and touching lives with the truth of this gospel. And let me say something to you that you're looking here, you're going, man, that's the beginning. No, listen, this is the beginning. Listen, it started with 12 families. You know, you know, I never thought of Jesus started with 12. Well, it started with 12 people and it, yeah, it multiplied. But listen, here's, here's my point with that, that the way God works in bringing us to a next chapter is he surrounds us with people. Now, can I make this personal for you in a mo- at this moment? Who is God bringing into your life right now that maybe you might be pushing away? And if God brought you here and you call this home, then don't push away the hand of God. Don't push away the very resource that God is extending to you. The family that God is bringing into your life. You know, I was looking at pictures all along the way. And I'm, I'm thinking September 7th, 2014, when we opened up here. The people that were here, they're still here. Tanya, Maricela, they were here. Jessica was here. I mean, I, I, there's too many of you, so I can't, I can't name everybody. But listen, they're still here. And God is still doing something amazing. And so while we give honor and acknowledge these fundamental partners in the body of Christ that served as a beginning to the bridge where they held us up and they encouraged us many times, you didn't realize this, you were encouraging me. You were encouraging us. There were so many times where I wanted to just give up. And God provided people 
of faith for the journey. And here we are today, still growing, still maturing, still expanding towards what God is calling us to. And so listen, while we give honor and acknowledge these fundamental partners in the body of Christ, we can't overlook each and every one of you. Because this story is one that's just unveiling. It's just been five little years, ladies and gentlemen. Just five little years. Hasn't been a long time. But wait for the next five. And wait for beyond. Trust you me what you hear. God is doing some amazing things. And so we want to honor these families by just presenting them with a plaque. I'm going to let you guys do that and get out your way. And uh, you got to speak up, speak up. And so, listen, we need friends along the way. We need people that God places in our path to walk along this path, this journey. But let me tell you something else. You need people to touch with your story. Let me tell you about a connection. What God is doing in you is no small thing. What God has started in your life is no small thing. And for some of us, we might think that we're not where we need to be. That somehow we're falling short. You know what the scripture says? The scripture declares that you're everything that God created you to be. That you're a masterpiece. You got all you need. And you've got more than enough to touch lives with your story. See, like Peter, your, mo- your, your life is most meaningful and fulfilling and impactful when you get a bigger net. But watch this. A bigger net so that you can partner with God to touch the lives of people. And up until this point in this story, Peter's life was about the fish that he caught that benefited his pocket, his family, his business endeavors, his dreams. But what we see is that when he had this encounter with Jesus, he received a bigger vision for life. You know what else he received? A bigger net. A bigger net. A bigger net. And so today, as we're wrapping up here, I want you to consider something. That where Peter was once doing it alone, now he had people to join him on the journey. And if you're going to start upon a new chapter in life, you have to get a hold of the vision, the purpose, the destiny that God has for you. Listen, I can't tell you what that is. It's not my place to play the role of God and tell you that. But it is my place to encourage you and point something out to you. I can't tell you what you need along the way according to scripture. You need God. You know what else you need? You need friends. True friends. Real friends. Friends that stick closer than a brother. Friends through the thick and thin. Friends that will love you at your worst and pull the best out of you. 
friends that will believe the promises of God for your life, that will not just pray with you and play church with you, but that will truly embrace you and lift you up when you can't get up. And you know what else we need? As we said, we need people. We need an outlet of people to share the hope that we've received and to touch them with your story so they too can rise up to their next chapter in life. Ladies and gentlemen, you are each and every one. Every one of us is on the verge of a next chapter. But I got to ask you this question. I got to ask you, is God what you need most in the midst of what you're pursuing? Is that your first priority? Are you surrounding yourself with the people of God, with true friends that will embrace you and love you and teach you and help you and encourage you and point you back to the word? Not people that will massage your feelings. And are you sharing what you're getting along the way? Church at the Bridge, let me, let me say something here. God has multiplied us greatly, and I praise God for that, but it's never been about being a bigger congregation, but I will tell you what, it, what it's always been about, extending a bigger reach so that people may know the hope and the truth and the joy that is in Christ alone. And so get ready, because we're just getting started. Get ready for some greater growth in your life. Get ready for some next chapters. I'm telling you, you can believe again. I'm telling you, you can rise again. I'm telling you that you can turn over a new leaf, not just in this year, but beyond. Let's stand together. Father, we come to you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in our lives, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your word teaches us and reveals to us that we have a next chapter. I thank you, Lord, that today you're reviving vision, dreams, that where we once gave up, now we're getting back up. And we're trusting you, Lord. Lord, not just for this year that is now in play, but Lord, we're believing you beyond. We're believing you for transformation in our homes. We're believing you for healing in our hearts. We're believing you to use us, to lead us and guide us to greater things, to get a bigger net, to touch greater lives, to see your hand at work. Father, we thank you. And Lord, today, Lord, we keep these things at the forefront of our mind. We need you, God. We need each other in our faith. But Lord, we also need those around us. And so we purpose in our hearts to seek you, to love you with all our hearts, and to continue upon the path of a next chapter that you're leading us on. In Jesus' name.